Did you hear This American Life this week, by the way? I don't think I've heard this week yet. I'm behind one or two. They did. They. I, I thought it was a, a clever idea for a show, which was um, Sarah Koenig, who's one of their producers, sometimes hosts the show. Her mother is like a very prim, proper uh, British woman, and she has these seven things that you're not supposed to talk about because she thinks they're boring. And so what they did was they set about trying to get interesting stories on all seven topics and then oh. playing them for her mom. And getting, basically, there was a scoring system as to if they were right, if they were able to make the story interesting, or if she was right, and if the story was, there's no way it could be interesting, that topic. That is such a good idea. It's a, gen- it's a genius concept for an episode, as far as I'm concerned. And one of her, um, one of the things she hated was, uh, she hates diet talk. She hates people talking about what they're eating, talking about their diets they're on. She just thinks it's boring. And a little bit gauche. And so they, 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 they tasked Ira Glass with finding an interesting w- way to talk about diet. And he gets this dietitian on who um, actually wrote this book about this extreme eating commune in Northern California. And I think the 70s or 80s when all these people would just, you know, eat only brown rice or exist only on sunlight or raw food or, you know, veganism or whatever it was that everybody had a different kind of extreme diet. And he, he was basically writing, I think he called them um, uh, orthorexics, which I assume has to do with orthodoxy and rexia. So their orthodoxy about what they ate, like their rules they set up for themselves of what they ate were so extreme that one woman drove her bike into traffic and was hit by a car and killed because she was living on like zero nutrition per day. Anyway, oh. so here's where it becomes bad news for TBTL, a place where I spend conservatively 80% of the show talking about what I'm eating and not eating. This is really? Ira. This is Ira talking to this. I get sarcasm. This is Ira talking to this dietitian. Does he actually like to talk about diet? Talking about diet is a fantastic interest to people who are obsessed with diet, of course. And that's a lot of people. And to their fellow hobbyists, of course, this is very interesting. But to you? Um, to me, no. In fact, he hates it. And he lives in Northern California in the Bay Area where I guess people are constantly telling you about how they have switched to this or that diet and how wonderful it is. And he avoids this at all costs when he meets people and they find out, you know, what he's done. He's written a book and he's an expert on this. He tries to shut down that conversation as fast as he can, which is to say he has spent years of his life, of his career, thinking about diet. And Maria, he is just like you. He thinks it's boring to talk about. So there goes most of our show. Aboard the Little Red Bandwagons, a podcast inspired by a podcast that's too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. Every Monday we bring you a show where we recap the previous week of TBTL, but this is a Friday clip show where we pick a theme, we listen to some clips, and talk about them. And joining me as always, from Necco Wafer Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello. 
I'm not sure how I feel about our two studio names for this clip show. <laughs> I think it's fitting. I was just thinking about that as I was doing the intro. <laughs> well, as always, we'll start with some general discussion. We'll play and discuss those TBTL clips. We'll clean some house and tell everybody how they can get involved with the show. So, Christy, it's finally time to talk about the biggest topic in the entire TBTL universe. Oh, for sure. I didn't even think, until we started listening to these clips, I didn't even think about how much it was. I don't think that Luke has talked more about anything. His childhood, his like Christianity days, his teenage fatherdom, his career hustling, than he has about his weight and these cockamamie get thin quick schemes. What he's eating and what he's not eating. Right. That day. Well, and it's funny because when he got sober, Andrew made a comment about how alcohol in the early days was its own character, which is very true. Mm -hmm. Diets are as well. Diets and weights are their own character in the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, he spent years with Jen and Sean announcing his weight (laughs) at the top of every show. I mean, from night one. Yeah. Um, I I have had this topic pinned for several years now. Like I I had a I made a tab on the spreadsheet for it, <laughs> but I could never bring myself to start working on it because the idea of opening up the archive and putting the word diet into the search <laughs> bar was like totally overwhelming to yeah. me. I thought I could still be going through clips right now. Oh yes. But um, I finally decided to take a look, and I found that, as usual, the archivists did not fail us. They were very good at sort of filtering out which of the diet stuff was important to talk about and which we could just quietly ignore, you know, which is just the normal stuff. And how many clips did you have to narrow down from to just make the show be listenable? I started, so I always go through and I read the descriptions and I'm like, oh, that'll, that sounds good. I'll listen to it. Or no, I don't think that's quite what I'm looking for. I think I started with 24 clips (laughs) that I listened to and still I ended up with quite a few. (laughs) They're all so good though. I know. I'm hoping that they will just mostly be fun and not too frustrating to listen to. I mean, we should maybe like set a baseline on him so he's got body image issues right as do we all I was complaining to my therapist once and she's like Anne I do not have a single female client who doesn't have body image (laughs) issues so it's it's no wonder and you know Luke does a lot of public stuff and um, he always talks about having a round face there was one clip that I didn't use the second time he went on a juice diet (laughs) because he saw that picture of him and Ken Jennings in a suite at the Seahawks game and he was wearing like a bobble hat and he said he looked like Cartman. Yes, Yes, I remember the picture and that show. Yes, and so he, I mean, he does have a round face. It's just (laughs) genetic and I think that he has seen that for a long time and that really sort of drives his his behavior are those round cheeks. Now, I think he's perfectly handsome. I also think it makes him look younger. That's true. He has kind of an impish face. And, yeah. and I think he's a very handsome and very um, average body type. Yes. You know, he's 
not overweight at all. He's not like super skinny like he was when he was 22. But that was probably too thin, I think. Yeah. So he's been on this quest ever since we've known him (laughs) to get down to this magical ideal weight by, by hook or by crook. And he doesn't, I mean, he puts a lot of thought into it, but he doesn't pick a lot of realistic things no. because because he wants to do it quickly. You're right. I think. Because he's like, oh, I have this interview I have to do in three weeks. And now right. I want to lose 15 pounds. pounds yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, I, I mean, this was one of the things that I really identified when I started listening to TBTL is that I really appreciate how like openly he talked about this and mm. fretted about it and I was like okay so it's not just me that has these terrible right terrible feelings when I look in the mirror so in in that way it's a really I think a positive thing that he talks about his weight so much but on the other hand it's a little bit distressing too <laughs> yeah. to hear somebody spend so much time and energy on something that we're kind of trying to get to a place in society where we realize it it's not a measure of your worth right. as a human being and then of course just it's so boring sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i'm hoping that because i know um that part of the reason that people turn to alcohol and drugs is because they're trying to trying to quiet something Mm -hmm. and I and his is definitely the um, need to have approval of people Mm -hmm. and I think and hope that the work that he's doing now that he's sober will quiet that completely and it does seem to he seems very different Mm -hmm. um, in his behaviors that he's doing around food it seems better so I'm hoping that 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 eliminates it right it's interesting to think where he's come from uh in the last listening to the last few months when he's moved into vegetarianism Mm -hmm. versus where he was 10 years ago with that and I think the vegetarianism is probably going to stick because he's not doing it for health reasons right but for and and I don't know if there will be weight benefits to him from that or not. I think I've mentioned before, I have a good friend who's a vegan and I asked him once if he did it for health related reasons or if he did it for the moral and ethical reasons. And he's like, oh, the moral reasons 100% because I eat like crap. He's like, even being a vegan, there is plenty of junk food. Yeah, you can just eat eat junk food as Mm -hmm. a vegan. Like Mm -hmm. Oreos are vegan. Ooh, that is an excellent thing to know <laughs> if you're coming to our picnic at the end of right. this month <laughs> would like to participate in the oreo taste test and you are a vegan good news yeah there's a lot you can be the most unhealthy vegan ever yeah but you get to say it to everybody that you're vegan so right you know you have that moral high ground <laughs> oh and i wanted to make sure that i that we were clear when we're talking about this these are weight loss diets right Right. There are tons of other kinds of diets like cardiovascular health diets or for diabetes or or epilepsy or any of that stuff. And I'm never going to. Right. I'm never going to quibble about any of those because I think that those are there's valid scientific testing and stuff. Right. (laughs) But I do want to say that in general, I think that weight loss diets are bullshit. 
and I speak from many, many, many years of experience and some long and painful struggles. I'm, I wanted to talk just for a minute about this book that I've been reading. There is a researcher at the University of Minnesota called Tracy Mann who released this book in 2015. It's called Secrets from the Eating Lab, The Science of Weight Loss, The Myth of Willpower, and Why You Should Never Diet Again. And I love this book. I know. It's <laughs> written and kind of presented like like a pop science sort of thing. It's a real easy read. She's very conversational with it. But the thing is, it is absolutely rigorously researched. She'll have like 50 to 100 footnotes for each chapter Wow. on the science and research that she's done. So she runs this eating lab at the University of Minnesota where they study people's true eating habits. And, um, and one of the things I'm working my way through, one of the things that she talks about right away is how the diet and weight loss industry and researchers even will like move the goalposts on what's a successful diet. Mm -hmm. She's like, what does it mean? What's a diet? What's a successful diet? Um, Why don't they work? How do we measure them? And she goes through the whole list of why it's all bullshit. And actually, she comes into something that we'll hear Jen and Luke talk about in one of these clips is that our bodies have a natural set weight that we gravitate to. You know, some people are just thinner and some people are just not thinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And she says there is a weight range of about 15 pounds on either side of this. So 30 pounds in total that you can really stay in pretty comfortably. And if you try to push your body outside those limits, either lower or heavier, your body will take active steps to get you to be back in that range. And the only people who ever succeed long-term on diets are the people that make the diet their entire life. Right. You can't stray. Yep. Yep. For sure. And I was like that for years and years and years. I thought about food all day, every day. And hours at the gym and I was so disciplined and at one time I think I was tracking my food on three different apps like two free apps plus the Weight Watchers app plus I tracked all of my exercise like I had a heart rate monitor before Fitbits came out and I was doing all that stuff and I still couldn't keep the weight off because my body just said no this is not what you're supposed to be and Mm. this is not what we're going to do. Do you wish you could get all that time back? I wish that I could have developed a healthier relationship with my body in the beginning, Mm -hmm. I guess. I mean, yeah, because I was never satisfied. I never made it to any goal weight that I ever had, even when I got down into the skinnier range of things. And when other people looked at me and saw someone who was, you know, perfectly height, weight proportionate, I didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. My brain was so broken by all of it that I wish that I had not absorbed the messages that society has given to us and that our parents, very (laughs) well-meaning, have given to us. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think I said before that my mom put me on my first diet when I was 13, and she said, well, you're not fat yet, but we'd better nip this in the bud. (laughs) And, you know, and that was the day that I learned that I wasn't okay the way that I was. So I guess I wish that I could go back to before all those horrible, horrible lessons Mm -hmm. and that this book had been published 30 years ago and that my mother had read it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. But 
you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I feel like it's not about fixing our bodies. We need to fix our brains. Yep, exactly. And that's a a huge thing, especially because since mental health is so, like, stigmatized here, like, um, it's going to take a while. And also the diet industry is billion dollars. Right. They're not going to let us forget about that. And they're not built on people successfully losing weight. No. They want people to successfully lose a little bit of weight for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, okay. in this hey. book, she talks about trying to get data from the big, from Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and all the, you know, about what their enrollment numbers are and how many times people repeat the program and how much weight they actually lose. And they're like, we don't have that data. I'm like, well, bullshit. Of course you have that data. Yeah, you wouldn't be. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I need to read this book. I feel like I also want to gift it to like a million people that are in my head right now. I'll put the link in the show notes because it really is. Use our Amazon link. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I will. It's less than 200 pages and it's a really easy, uh, gentle read. And it's, I don't know. (laughs) It's really good. Here, let me just look here. Part one, why diets fail you. Part two, why you're better off without the battle. Part three, how to reach your leanest livable weight. No willpower required. And part four, your weight is really not the point. I love it. Part five, candy is good. (laughs) (laughs) And I would love to find some way to slip this under Luke's door. (laughs) Yes. Well, we could deliver it to him. That's true. Next time, drive on up there. (laughs) He would love it. Like, if he read this and is like, you guys, (laughs) he would just present it like, top story, diets don't matter. (laughs) I, I do, I feel, I feel for him because now, especially that he's on TV all the time, he's wading into different waters than Mm -hmm. either of us has ever had to deal with. Right. So he's continuing to fight all of this and hopefully he'll get there in the end. Yeah. I want him to be okay with himself. Yeah. You're just fine. Just the way you are to quote Bridget Jones. Yes. Which as we know, is the most important movie about dieting and body (laughs) acceptance that's ever been made. Really? Um, (laughs) I just wish they had picked an actual fat actress instead of like putting her in a fat suit or having her gain weight. Having her gain weight. And you know what the crazy thing about it? I thought she was so much cuter when she put the weight so on. So much better. She was adorable oh gosh, in that movie. Yes. yes. And I, it, oh, I have so many thoughts about it. I loved it. I loved the book. But did you notice, I mean, you probably did, is that in the book, Bridget Jones weighed more. Yep. Like when she was writing in her journal, she's like, I'm 180 pounds. Oh, God. But in the book, she was like 240. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what we're talking about. Like, yep. <laughs> and then that makes people feel bad about themselves. Like, 180? God, I weigh, I weigh way more than that. Yeah. And, you know, oh, it's just, uh it pissed me off. Okay. I know. Hollywood. Hollywood. Okay. Worked up. <laughs> so, let's get to these clips. Okay. First off, let me thank those archivists. As usual, got some all-stars in here. We've got our friend Ashley Gilliam, star archivist. 
who has contributed a couple of clips. Uh, Sophie K has got a good one. Meryl S. Thank you very much. Heather Rude. Sarah Settlemeyer. I told you I had a lot of clips for this one, guys. <laughs> and two clips archived by one Meredith Van Hamharn. So. Hamharn. <laughs> so thank you very much, everybody. I picked out sort of different snapshots of like the different diets that Luke has tried throughout the years and they are varied. Sometimes they contradict each other <laughs> and he is equally enthusiastic about all of them in this. Um, so let's go to the first ones here. This is a pair of clips. They were both pretty short, so I just put them together. Uh, and the first one is that is from uh, October of 2009 and Luke is doing South Beach, but it is slowly evolving into what famously became the turkey pickle coffee diet. In the second clip, he is for the first time learning about CrossFit and paleo. And that is from just a few months later in January of 2010. So let's listen to those. I'm your host, Luke Burbank, weighing in at 187 pounds. It's working! It's working! A um, secret concoction that I've developed myself of not eating and eagle soaring. Let the eagle soar! Which is all adding up to a, uh, I'm proud to say, much more svelte Luke. Um, and uh, my goal is to see if I can drop. This is totally probably beyond the realm of what's actually possible, but my goal is to see if I can drop like uh, 15 pounds by, well, 15 pounds from my all-time high, which was 192.5 over the weekend. I would like very much to be below 180 by the time I go to Chicago October 29th. What do you, what do you think, Flash? Any chance of that happening? Is that four weeks from the day you started South Beach? Um, maybe three point seven weeks. I think that I think you can possibly do that. As I said yesterday, in, the, in there. This was a very hard thing for me to admit on yesterday's show, um, but I am doing the gayest of the gay diets. I mean, maybe I would say the that guy who says leave Brittany alone, the Chris Crocker diet. Only thing maybe more gay <laughs> than the South Beach diet. But I'm I'm doing it because over the weekend thinking about my, the events of Friday night and looking at myself with this scar in my nose and this waddle under my chin, I just said, I gotta, I gotta seriously get my act together. Um, but I will say I went for a little Eagle sore this morning and I have no energy. I think because I'm just eating watery soup and, uh, turkey and nonfat half and half in my coffee. Most of the time has that been, you did the South beach diet for two years, Jennifer, mm -hmm. Is it reasonable or is it? does it make sense that I would actually have less physical um, zhuzh? Well, during phase one. During phase two, you'll be fine because you are eating carbs even though they're all whole grain. But during phase one, it's really difficult. You should be eating a lot more eggs because uh, you I need, need that protein. To, you know what? Time. Yeah. And, and Van and I keep saying every day, we got to go shopping and buy a whole like outfit, the larder. Mm -hmm. We don't have a larder, but build a yeah. larder and then stock <laughs> it with all of the things that you need when you're doing the South Beach. And yes. every day I don't get to it. And so then I'm just eating only the things in the refrigerator that seem South Beachy. Mm -hmm. So on a given day, I might just have like three Clausen pickles 
or maybe some turkey, you know, meat from Albertsons or yep. whatever. Not that Albertsons even ex- exists anymore, but it's a very old bag of turkey meat, <laughs> which could also be why I'm not feeling so hot. No, but today I did this jog, and I never do this. I never do this, but I had to walk the like last third of it. And I, you know, once I'm moving because I don't run very fast, and uh, you know, it's really just kind of already just a speed walk on a normal day for me. But I was out there doing my little jog, listening to some podcasting, and. Uh, about you know two thirds of the way through, I was like, "Screw this! I'm walking home." And I I think it's because I don't have any carbs in my I'm, system. I'm or, sure that's why you don't have anything to burn. I'm energy. out of breath even talking about it, and this was now hours ago. Well, and you know, Susan Powder says you've got to eat, move, and breathe. Oh you've my got gosh, to. I I do this so often, Jen, and I'm so glad you're here to remind me. I so often move away from the wisdom of Susan Powder. <laughs> um, listener Elijah. I guess he goes by Eli, says, Hi there, Luke. My name is Eli. I'm a big fan. I am also an avid crossfitter, and I eat a paleolithic diet. Y'all remember um, that story in the New York Times over the weekend about these uh, folks in Brooklyn and other places who who are very uh, into uh, eating like uh, cave people and also throwing boulders back and forth with each other, basically living exactly like cave people lived because they feel like cave people were way healthier than we are. Uh, and, uh, and there was apparently, according to the article, a certain amount of, uh, a certain amount of uh, bleed over between people who do this thing called CrossFit, which is this really intense kind of old school workout, CrossFit, and, um, and the Paleolithic diet. Anyway, Eli says he's an avid CrossFitter. He's also a Paleolithic diet eater. He says Vanessa's exposure to what she was told was the paleo diet was bogus, like National Enquirer, yo. Don't judge my food religion just because you heard about some dietary suicide bombers. Those crazy people are crazy crazy. Here is the paleo diet in a nutshell. Eat lean meat, veggies, a little fruit, and healthy forms of fat. Lots of fat and protein, including bacon. No grains, legumes, or dairy. Most people on the diet still eat a little dairy, and everybody has a cheat day or two per week. He says, I likes me the boozahol slash cheeseburgers. By the way, this I, I, I don't know this Eli cat, but I like him. Because the cro- people that do CrossFit, man, it is like really serious. And I feel like it's a lifestyle. And so I feel like if I was to ever get actually to go past just the in, uh, initial admission phase on CrossFit, I would then have to either become completely crazy about it or I would have to give it up. I've, I like to hear that for Eli, he can do CrossFit and eat a paleolithic diet and then also have cheeseburgers and booze sometimes. That sounds like a paleolithic diet I might be able to do. Uh, Eli continues, great thing about this diet is most people don't weigh or measure food portions and they get stronger and leaner. You can get really geeked out on specific kinds of fat, protein, carbs, and their effects on hormones and insulin and blah, blah, blah. I'm eating a big old steak right now, and cows are tasty. Don't worry, I cooked it. Here's a link, and he sends me a link to a a paleo podcast. Yes, a podcast about the paleolithic diet, which I might listen to. No joke. Um... I don't know. I, I feel like I could do that. I feel like I could be really good five days a week if two days a week I could have my booze hall and my cheeseburgers. And then the rest of the time I'm, I'd be crossfitting. I'd be getting healthy, doing all that stuff. I don't know. I might be able to, uh, I might be able to hang with that. Eli, thank you for the uh, email. Uh, okay, Christy, let's get it out of the way. 
he calls the South Beach diet the gayest thing that you can do and gay as a pejorative. Does he mean because South Beach is a gay neighborhood? I think he was still fighting the I should be able to use gay as an insult. Okay, yeah. And I'm not talking about gay people. Because women did this diet, so he felt gay? I don't know. (laughs) What is he doing with that pickle during the diet? I I have more questions than answers. (laughs) I hope and know that he would never say this now. But come on. No, I know. Well, and this starts out with a bang, really, when he says his, quote, secret concoction of not eating an eagle soaring, which is a terrible combination. <laughs> no wonder he had to stop during the middle of his run and walk the rest of the way because he hasn't eaten anything. Yes. Um, Jen, do you think this is why I'm because I didn't eat? Uh, what do you think? Like, <laughs> is it South Beach's fault? <sighs> And let me tell you the difference between the two. Jen did South Beach, mm-hmm. which is a perfectly normal diet if you follow it. Just like we said, anything you follow forever is going to be fine. And it's, I would say, healthy-ish. It's probably the same as all the other diets. doesn't have very good returns. But when Jen does one, she reads the book. Mm-hmm. She knows how... She goes grocery shopping before. She... Gets it all ready because she wants to succeed at it. And Luke never reads it. He thinks nope. that he's not allowed to eat fruit. He, he All he has is old meat in a drawer <laughs> and coffee in a pickle. Because he probably Googled South Beach Diet and saw that those are things that are on the approved list. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know about phase one and phase two. Which are like the main things of this diet. Yes, he jumps in with a lot of enthusiasm, but not a lot of preparation, which we'll see when it's, we get to the juice diet. It's You're setting yourself up to fail yep. if you are going to start any kind of program and you haven't read the book and you don't know the rules and you ha- don't go grocery shopping. You have to like get all the bad, quote unquote, bad foods. I don't think any foods are bad unless nope. they taste gross. Mm-hmm. Um you have to get all of that stuff you're not going to eat ever again, supposedly, out of your house and then go grocery shopping, not hungry. <laughs> you have to be very full and go grocery shopping for what you are going to eat for the next couple weeks to a month. Mm-hmm. But this is just setting him up to fail. Well, and he talks about losing 15 pounds in four weeks for mm-hmm. a woman. Probably. Um, that's probably not going to happen unless, you know, you're in the first couple of weeks of your diet. But the irritating thing about men is it's men can so be annoying. like, I switched to diet soda and I lost yeah. 30 pounds. And I'm like, I'm oh going to push you off a bridge. I know. I hate that. I'm like, I don't drink soda to begin with. So do I need to start drinking <laughs> yeah. soda so that I can stop and then lose 15 pounds? Yep. What the hell? That, I mean, maybe with water weight, if you just are like super unhealthy and never drink water and never do anything, and then all of a sudden you're being aware and you're drinking water and you're maybe going on a walk or something, maybe you'd lose 10 pounds. And probably it also depends on how much you have to lose. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he did not have like... No. 15 pounds. No. No. I've known a number of guys that just made like minor modifications yeah. And dropped a whole bunch of weight. I'm like, I just, I hate you. Oh, 
I really You haven't do. seen Jeremy lately. Oh, no, not Jeremy. <laughs> that punk probably lost 35 pounds in the last, like, four months. Well, that's that's it, then. I'm going to have to push him off a bridge. Not even trying. Huh. All right. Christy, we love our bodies the way they are, remember? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, I loved that Jen invoked Susan Powder. <laughs> I Seattle have not, native. <laughs> I have not thought of Susan Powder in 20 years, maybe. I honestly don't really even know what her shtick was. I just remember that like super severe haircut. She had like a buzz cut, didn't she? Yeah, buzz cut. That was like platinum. She went to my yeah. same chiropractor. So there was a, be a couple times when I'd be in the in the waiting room with her. Oh, she's wow. very severe. Is, is she just like a self-help guru type? I think so. And she had a, a local radio show. And the only thing I remember is that she adopted a child and was attempting to breastfeed it. Um, well, that's be- weird. Yeah, but she went to like a midwife and you put some kind of oils on your feet to create breast milk. I don't know if it worked. I just remember thinking, that's odd. I wonder if that works. Seems unusual, but <laughs> all right, as long as the kid didn't starve, I guess right. you can do whatever. Yeah. As long as you also had some backup mm-hmm. plan. Um, let's talk about this idea of the paleo diet. Mm-hmm. Um, my position is that if you feel good about a diet and it helps you, then you go ahead and do it. People get super defensive about mm-hmm. diets. Like if I were to say, for example, that there's no scientific evidence that the keto diet works better than anything else, people will like come out of the trees with hammers and try mm-hmm. to beat me and for tell sure. me about how, how mm-hmm. I'm wrong and how great it is. I mean, just because there's no evidence that has shown mm-hmm. keto diet to be successful for anything other than children with epilepsy. Um, you know, who am I to say? So I will... My position is as long as the diet is not dangerous for you and makes you happy and you can stay on it, do it. But this paleo diet is some bullshit, right? Well, (laughs) yeah. That we're looking at, quote, cave people, unquote, to be healthier. Yeah. And it's a very loose interpretation of that because like, oh, but you can cook stuff and then there's bacon and some people do like quote unquote, dirty paleo and, and, um, will, um, eat dairy. Well, what, where where are you going with that? And then, then it came out like, there's evidence that paleo people actually had some kind of form that would be like wheat and that Uh they would bake something. So then, oh, well now I think it was a dumb name for basically a extreme low carb diet. I just don't know why you would base any diet on the lives of people who died when they were 30. Right. You know? (laughs) Right. Uh, And then I I did it. I did it for a while. I think I was paleo-ish for about two years. Paleo-curious. Yeah. And um, that one time, so I did that. This was at the beginning of um, maybe middle of TBTL. And I had written in um, when Luke was paleo curious and talking about it a lot and um I wrote in like oh yeah I'm doing it and and it's working well for me I was also doing CrossFit 
mm-hmm. five days a week. So there's that as well. <laughs> and um, then the first time Luke saw me, he's like, tell me more about this paleo diet because I had lost like kind of a lot of weight for me. And um, mostly I stuck to it because I had all my meals delivered. Yeah. This is back when I was single and had a lot of disposable money. Um, so I would just, <laughs> in the middle of the night, someone would drop off breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack to my house, and I didn't have to think about it. Oh, my God. That sounds so great if I didn't right? have to make any food decisions. Yes. Right? And so then I was like, okay, I'll do this. Uh-huh. Like, it, it was perfectly portioned for calories. I didn't. Um, like if I ever got hungry, which I mostly didn't outside of it, I just ate nuts. Like Mm -hmm. it was perfect. I think I could stick to anything if someone came and made my meals. Wait, did you have glove box nuts like Andrew did? Yes. Because I (laughs) definitely had glove box nuts. Well, and it was difficult for me because I don't, I only eat seafood. I don't eat meat. Sure. So it was even more difficult. So I ate a lot of shrimp and a lot of um, fish during this time. Yeah, because in the clip, Eli said that you can't eat legumes. You can't yeah. eat beans nope. on paleo. Nope. I don't understand it because it seems like they would be able to grow it. But that's part of the diet is you can't eat legumes. No peanuts, no beans, which is like a huge supplement that that vegetarians tend to do. Uh-huh. So I had to eat more nuts to compensate because fish has a lot lower calories than like red meat does. So I was getting less. And and because of doing, um, you know, an hour of CrossFit. Right. Five days a week. So being a vegetarian and paleo is a pretty difficult. Yeah. It's unusual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So are the cheeseburgers and booze really allowed? So... I th- the only reason I actually really did it is because I was I liked CrossFit and that's part of kind of the cult of CrossFit. Once you get in, it's like, well, you know, you would be seeing better results if you ate like us. Sure. And so then there would always and CrossFit is definitely a cult, and so everybody is like, oh, we're having a family potluck and it's all everything is always paleo. Um, so there's that. And also I wasn't seeing as many results. I'm like, I, I never worked out before this. And all of a sudden I'm putting my body through all of this and I'm like barely losing anything. Mm-hmm. And I went to like the doctor and they did a bunch of blood work and they're like, Oh, well you probably definitely have an allergy to, to food. So I did all this like stuff and nothing ever came through. It just didn't work. So I'm like, I'll try this paleo as like a last ditch effort. And it worked. Because when you are limiting yourself to under 2,000 calories a day and then working out that much, you're going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I didn't have any other food in my house because it was being <laughs> delivered to me. So if I needed, if I wanted to, you know, quote unquote, cheat on it, I would have to go somewhere. Sure. And get it. They didn't have Grubhub then. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, it doesn't sound that fun, to tell you the truth. It isn't. Um, It's easier when everybody you know is doing it. Sure. So even when you go out, it's like, oh, what's the paleo friendly? Like everybody knew what to get and how to substitute. Yeah. That's too much emotional work. Skinnier, but I just did not like life. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's how I felt too. <laughs> but yeah, he was like, what are you doing? How do I do it? Send me the information of the meal delivery. And I think I sent it to him. Like every time I saw him after that, he would ask me, can you email me that again? <laughs> <laughs> Why does that not surprise me at all? Right. <laughs> Uh, and then this clip ended. I just made a note. I thought it was funny how amazed Luke sounded like, yep, there's a podcast about it. I know. <laughs> That's funny. Just 10 years later, there's a podcast about everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody, I mean, I bet there's 50 podcasts. Probably oh, for sure. Probably a low estimate at this point. It's just not yeah. even surprising anymore. But just that sort of amazement in his voice just made me smile. Yeah. Oh, you were talking about the cheeseburger and beer. So Mm -hmm. that is one of the main things about this like CrossFit culture is that everybody would talk about what their cheat meal was going to be. And it was like five more days till cheat meal. And I always called it cheat day, which is Mm -hmm. like you just go like ham on it, right? Like (laughs) you wake up in the morning and you eat all day what you want. And they'd be like, no, 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 it's meal. (laughs) Meal, (laughs) not cheat day. (laughs) Huh, I'm sorry, I can't can't quite hear you. Right, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, they would have parties and it would just be like, it would be like if a, if uh, Ellie had catered it. It was like candy covered, like cakes filled with candy. Like you would cut it open and candy would pour out of it. And just like insane amount of food. I wish I like had video, I mean, like pictures of the, <laughs> the amount of food they would have when it would be a cheat day potluck. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We want to move on to the next yes. set of clips. Let's go on to the next one. Um, Luke. <laughs> Two more of Luke talking about different fad diets. We had this guy on um, Ross and Burbank today, which as I'm now calling it, it's Ross and Burbank hold the Ross, add a side of Tangney. I heard you call Tom Dave. Yeah, that was good. Thanks for tuning in for my one giant error. <laughs> That's actually not true. I had many giant errors today. Um, but uh, we talked to this guy in Kansas at the Kansas State University who's a nutrition, a doctor of nutrition studies, and he just lived on Twinkies, Ding Dongs, Doritos, anything bad he wanted to eat, he ate it, as long as it, all of it only added up to 1,800 calories a day, and he lost 27 pounds in two months. But he probably also took 27 years off his life. Well, his, his actually, his cholesterol, his bad cholesterol levels went down. <gasps> yeah. That just makes, that's so frustrating when you hear something like that. Isn't like, it, What though? are we all doing? Isn't it? I know. What are we doing? I've had a crazy weekend of, like, being super good last week and, um, you know, being all on the health train and feeling like I'm really getting this under control. And then I kind of like I, I actually was pretty good on Saturday. And then I got up on Sunday morning and my weight was like through the roof. And I was so bummed that I just I just decided to eat my feelings. So <laughs> during the Seahawks game, I put it on the TiVo and I went to the store and I bought all the fixings for some grade A hamburgers. And uh, I got the English muffins for the buns because I love that. I think the biggest problem with hamburgers is too much bun. Mm. So if you get an English muffin going, you've got just the right bread to meat ratio, in my opinion. So I made this whole thing. By the way, thanks, Twitter. While I was at the store, I got a tweet from some 10 in New York who was like, I'm so sorry what the Giants are doing to you right now. (laughs) I was like, I'm trying to not know that, but okay. That's the dark side of Twitter. It is. So, I mean, it it was meant with love, so I, I appreciate that. 
But anyway, so <clears throat> so I, I came home and made that. And then we went and saw a movie. We went and saw Due Date, which we'll talk about in a minute here. And I said, screw it. It's Sunday fun day. I'm having some candy. Vanessa got some popcorn. I just, I just went to work. I just said, I don't even care about this diet anymore. The Seahawks suck. The Huskies are terrible. I, I don't even want to live anymore. And uh, got up this morning, and I had lost five pounds from Sunday. So... <laughs> Explain that to me, Jesus, if that is your real name. Uh, I just feel like I just feel like all of this, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's the kind of butter you're eating or whether it's, you know, me and my cockamamie coffee, turkey and pickle diet. There's no rhyme or reason to it, is there? It's all you know what it is. You're either born. You just born a certain weight and it just is what it is. Don't you think that's what it is? I think in general, I think that's generally true. And your body just says, your body's whole thing is like, hey, you know what? We're really into being X number of pounds. And you can do everything you want to try to fight it. Um, But it's like, I feel like your body is just going to basically do what it's going to do. Unless you are some kind of, you have some insane amount of self-control where you can sort of bend the universe of your body's natural inclinations around your, your desires. But that is so hard to do, right? Yeah, and I've heard this idea before that that most people have basically a kind of a natural weight, yeah. a weight where their body just naturally gravitates to, and that's comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. And um, and and to defy that is to you know do something unnatural, eat way more than what's natural for your body, or way less. But na- normally you have like your natural go-to weight. Well, as I told you uh, in the openers, I mentioned, and you probably heard Jen, the David Sedaris show that we did on Friday, where we also had four loco and. McRib. Yes. It's just been it's been blowing the website up. It, as when I left the station today, it was at 125,000 downloads already just by itself. Oh so what I thought we'd do is follow that up and introduce ourselves to all these new listeners today by having a 17 minute discussion of my weight. So <laughs> I thought um, in, your, in your face, in your face, people who thought maybe they'd like this show. <laughs> this is what we do. Get used to it. So another thing that happened over the weekend was I received a bunch of emails from people who are really freaked out about my um, decision to eat 900 calories a day between last week and when I do this thing with Radiolab on Wednesday. And um, I would like to say to it was uniformly negative feedback. It was a lot of people who have had eating disorders, which was, you know, intense. Uh, a lot of people who just think that's a bad idea, and mostly just people who demonstrate very little faith in me, because or a the, lot of faith in me. Well, faith in you to tell me that it's a terrible idea. Yeah, people were cc'ing you, going, "I'm letting Jen in on this too," because you know <laughs> there needs to be an adult in this conversation. <laughs> but um, for those who missed last week's shows, number one, how dare you? Uh, number two. Um, I decided last week that I was going to just get super serious about getting my health on. You know, I'm not drinking during Lent, riding the little red wagon, and also um, trying to eat better. And I said, screw it. I'm going to see what happens if I eat 900 calories a day. What happens is you lose a shitload of weight if you're a dude and you're also working out. Um, And so all of these people have been emailing me and saying, this is a terrible idea. You're going to lose it, and you're going to eat like nine pizzas, and you're going to gain it all back. And, um, I would say, how can you have that little faith in me? Because, um, I think it's possible that I would just, I'm not going to eat 900 calories a day for the rest of my life, but it's possible that I could just ramp it up to 1500 calories. Like yesterday we went to my parents' house for my little brother's birthday 
And I ate a bunch of normal food, and it was great. And I probably ate like 2,500 calories. It was totally fine. And today, I'm back to my special Spartan. So I guess that really actually flies in the face of my plan to only eat 900 calories a day between last week and Wednesday. Because I've already... I totally threw that out the window yesterday. But the point is I'm going to be fine. I appreciate everybody's concern. This is not going to turn into a Tracy Gold, very special uh, facts of life. Was that the show she was on? What was no, the show? Growing Pains. This is not going to turn into a very special Growing Pains where I'm the Tracy Gold character. I'm just trying to get my, get my locale on for a few days. Because, you know, she got removed and sent to rehab. She was – Carol was not in the Seaver household for like six months. Hmm. I don't want that to happen here in TVTL land. <laughs> you don't want to have – using your medical degree from St. Regis University, you don't want to have yeah. to remove, remove me from you. TVTL? Um, I For just, your own good. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate everyone's concern, but I just want to say it's going to be okay. And damn if it's not super helping on the weight loss tip. I'm like, by the way, the worst example of all time. I'm like one I'm, – I'm, I'm, like, I'm like one notch short of going – everyone should just start, uh, you know – uh, throwing up after every meal. <laughs> I'm basically I'm basically encouraging the next most dangerous thing, which is just kind of like stopping eating. But um, but I just wanted to, I wanted to allay everyone's fears and tell them I'm going to go back on come Wednesday. I'll go back to eating a relatively normal thing. But now that I know these Chicago shows are sold out, I gotta we gotta look our best, Jen. And I expect you to do the same, by the way. I'm trying. I expect you to starve yourself in, <laughs> in Indiana. Yeah, I won't do that. Worst coworker ever. <laughs> What do you think? Are you still worried about me, or do you think this is going to be okay? Um, I think I, th- I don't think you should do it, but as long as it's for one week and you've binged on one day of it, I'm not yeah, that concerned. Exactly. And I'm going to binge on Wednesday as soon as Radio Lab's done. So it's really like five days, and probably not even that much. Yeah, you're a very short-term anorectic. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so th- that's you know that's exactly that's exactly uh, the point. People, they hear me say something and they get really worried because they think, like, I'm the kind of person that will actually do something in any kind of consistent and long-term way. (laughs) And what you know about me, Flash, being my friend, is that I can't do anything for more than, like, two or three days. So (laughs) it's completely – there's nothing to worry about, people. Why doesn't Jen ever stop him? Did you think (laughs) this is just, like, an enjoyment? Do you think she would go home at night and go, Jason, listen to this? (laughs) I – think Jen was very good at picking her battles. <laughs> and I love because I just remember these like ideas that he would have and how people would email him and then CC Jen. Like you gotta keep the, you can't let him do this. <laughs> As if she has any control. Yeah, like there's some sort of unit and they have to have agreement on right. what happens. Uh, just she isn't married she- to him. <laughs> Oh, no, thank God. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> oh, they would have killed each other, or she would have yeah. killed him. Oh, he, his body would never be found, frankly. I think my favorite part was how Jen sounded so disappointed when she found out that the junk food guy had um, lost weight and his cholesterol went down. <laughs> She's like, that's not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> right, but this, but now I remember vaguely this this researcher being in the news, I don't think his point was that the junk food diet was the way to go. I think his point was that it didn't matter 
what food you ate as long as you ate less of it. I think he was trying to illustrate the point that it's not low carb or low fat Mm -hmm. or low whatever. And it's not about your macros and what all of that is that he could eat Twinkies. And just as long as he kept the calories restricted, he could achieve the same results. So I think that Luke really took the wrong uh, lesson from this story. Yes. It is frustrating, though. It is. How did he decide the 900 calories thing? Oh, my God. Now, see, that is worrisome. I'm glad that Jen put it in perspective and said it's only for five days and you've already binged on one of the days. So it's not a good idea, but it's not going to hurt you. I Because when I saw a registered dietitian, one of the things she talked about is that we need a minimum of 1,100 calories a day just mm-hmm. for our body processes to function properly. Or you go into starvation and your body holds on to it. Yep, I thought so... everyone knew that. <laughs> Not Luke, <laughs> apparently. Well, he doesn't seem to have a good idea about what um, – a reasonable calorie intake is right. anyway, because when he's describing going to his parents' house and he's like, I ate some food, you know, like um, probably like 2,500 calories. And I was like, 2,500 calories at one meal? Well, do you think it was one meal or was it one day? I don't know. I wouldn't eat 2,500 calories in a day anyway. I mean, when I was dieting at my height... I was eating 1,225 calories a day. Mm-hmm. So that would have been two days worth of food for me that Luke had at his parents' house. But he was just like, you know, 2,500 calories. Yeah, I bet it wasn't. But also he drinks. True. And also he doesn't know how many calories are in anything. No. <laughs> so he clearly hasn't been a label reader like no. most women I know. Yeah, maybe he is now that he's looking for sneaky meat and things. Or is he? I don't know. That comes a little bit later. I think with the maturity of a of a vegetarian, you start looking for sneaky meat. Yep. Well, and Luke, he talks about this, I guess, psychological episode that he had where he felt like he was really, quote unquote, good mm-hmm. on the diet for the whole week and then he weighed himself and he was like I was up five pounds and so then he just decided as you said go ham Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then he got on the scale and he lost a little he lost a lot of weight and he was just so mystified by all that and I think Mm -hmm. we've all had that moment right yeah well one he probably was had plateaued Mm -hmm. his body was maybe going into starvation mode because 900 calories isn't enough to sustain someone and there's just lots of reasons. I mean, there's that's why there's cheat days in some of those diets is because you just need to like pump up the calories to get your body like kickstarted. At least that, I don't know if there's science behind it, but that's the thought and the that's theory the thought, behind yeah. it. Yeah. It could be just something like he ate a bunch of beef jerky and all the sodium added the weight and then, you know, he mm-hmm. drank some water or whatever and flushed all the sodium out and the weight went away so yeah, or he hadn't pooped in a couple days because he's not <laughs> eating enough well <laughs> that can't be that is not the luke burbank that we know <laughs> he would have talked about it <laughs> i mean he poops three or four times a day as far right. as i can tell right. <laughs> um the other thing that Jen talked about is that the reason that she's not worried about him is because she knows that he has no follow through. Yeah, that was 
so that's the best part like i'm not even gonna respond to these emails because it's it does nothing matters like this doesn't matter and luke is somewhat insulted that people don't have any faith in him but you know people really shouldn't have any faith in him but he's gonna stay on this when was this 2000 uh yeah we've known him for a while since when this happens Mm -hmm. yeah i i love that when he said people get worried because they think that um i do anything long term and consistent (laughs) (laughs) but jen knows better (laughs) yep yeah Truer words have never been spoken. (laughs) Well, let's go on to the next clip. This is on a subject that Luke talked about a lot for a while. I, I don't know. I feel like there was a period of time where he was talking about gout a lot. Perhaps it was in 2012 when this clip is from where Luke thinks that his diet is setting him up to get gout. Um, Anyway, Chris uh, emailed me today with a link to an article called The Red Meat Blues. It's written by a guy named Frank Bruni. Now, Frank Bruni, if you don't know, was the longtime restaurant critic in the New York Times, which makes him one of the most influential restaurant critics in America. Um, And the, the thrust of this whole article is that because of all of his uh, drinking and eating of fatty foods and of foie gras and of what's known as offal, mm-hmm. which is, I think, just terms for any kind of organ meat. How about au jus? Um, au, jus would be, uh, au jus would be the sauce, au right? Au jus. Yeah, the sauce. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the French dip. Right, right. Um, I don't think that that would help him. Seriously, I think he probably isn't supposed to have that either. Anything that's fatty and meaty and 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 has no sort of vegetable nature to it, this is all stuff that feeds into having gout, which Frank Bruni from the New York Times has. He says from all of those meals he ate reviewing restaurants mm-hmm. because he was eating tons of of foie gras and drinking tons of alcohol and all of this stuff. This only confirms my growing suspicion that everyone in America will have gout at some point. I could see that. I mean, even if you're not eating at the fanciest of restaurants, it's just if you're eating fast food a ton or anything with no veggies, no fruit. I would think, that, would that be right? I think so. Right. No veggies, no fruit. Um, I don't know if fast food might save you because it's a lot of carbs. I'm not saying it would save you. I'm saying you would also get gout. Well, no, I'm wondering if fast oh. food would be less bad for you. Oh. Like if your choice was to eat at McDonald's right. every day or your choice was to eat like a steak covered in foie gras every day. Yeah. I honestly don't know which one would bring you to gout quicker. Right. But, um, but you know, as we've talked about it a lot on the show the last a few weeks, but gout used to be a thing that only really rich people could get mm-hmm. because um, only really rich people could afford to even have the diet. That would allow you to have gout. Right. And now it's like so common that every uh, night when you watch TV, you see these commercials for gout medicine, like one where this guy, as we've talked about, is carrying around a big like beaker jar of his own urine, right. which is really upsetting. And I haven't seen that commercial. I've seen another commercial where there's a giant uh, transparent foot and they kind of show you how the gout oh. sort of attaches to your joints mm-hmm. you know, and then spreads. Mm-hmm. So you're right though. I mean gout has been coming up a lot. The prop gout is hot for 2012. I thought gout was out, but it's not. <laughs> the thing is, since I read this, 
a lot of the other, and we had a listener who emailed in and said that he got gout. He was supposed to go to um, see the Sarah Vowell reading, I think, that we gave tickets away for a while back. And he had to not go because he had, it turns out, to be gout. And I thought that, I, I kept thinking, oh, well, the only people that are going to get gout are people that are like really out of shape or who are just eating a crazy weird diet. But now that I read this thing from Frank Bruni, which is just basically he's going through his list of what he would – a typical meal for him would be like he'd have a martini or two and then he'd have you know some wine with dinner and then he'd have like a, you know, a whiskey after dinner or a scotch rather and he'd have a big steak. And I thought that sounds like a delicious meal to me that I would conceivably eat right. multiple nights throughout the week. Also, there is a local comedian. I don't know if, if you know uh, Derek Sheen. Yes. Um, he does a podcast, he and some other guys, called Delicious Mediocrity, okay. I believe, and um, uh, is a super nice guy, funny guy. He is one of the first people that told me about slow-carb diet. Okay. And I heard from another source, I don't mean to put him on blast here, but it was on Twitter, so I guess it's okay. I heard Derek got gout from doing slow-carb. Really? So what's slow-carb? Just eating less carbs? It's I eating way less carbs, mm-hmm. which means you end up, by default, eating a lot of meat, eat a lot of steak. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of pork. Well, then that makes total sense. And you also, you know, I'm I find myself drinking a fair amount because I'm not having the fun of like eating a you know a big thing of French fries or like a delicious carb thing. So yeah. I make it up with whiskey. So what I are, treat myself to some whiskey. What do you generally eat like for dinner? Do you eat fish? Do you fish? Fish is good. Um, I try to. What I'm trying to do is is not just eat only like the fattiest of red meats because that's supposed to be not great for you. So you're on the slow carb right now. I'm on, I've been on the slow carb for like, I'm 186 today. I'm actually down 14 pounds. Years from, old? Oh, pounds. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. I look good for 186, don't you think? Pretty good. Um, no, I've been doing this thing, uh, the slow carb thing for a long time. Okay. And now, well, for me, a long time. Considering the lifespan of most of my re- my ridiculous diets, right? How, how long has this been then? Did you say I want to say two months. The listeners probably know. It's funny. There are people who listen to the show that track the time span of my life much more closely than I do, even though it's my actual life. Hey, that's helpful. Yeah, it is. Someone probably knows when I started this. I think my uh, my memory is it's around two months. But basically what I've been doing is setting myself up to have gout. And now because of that, right after uh-huh. I read this article, I was in the other room. I was in the dining room when I read this. Yeah. I walked back here to kind of like set things up for the show, and I swear I feel a pain in my big toe. Really? The joint of my big toe, which is totally is that, where you get gout. Is that where it starts? Or is well, that... for whatever reason, the, the toe, the big toe in particular, is, is, a very, uh, is very susceptible to gout. And the uric acid. The uric acid. Yeah. I, will, I will report to everyone I have not been drinking human urine. Mine nor anyone else's, which is a way you can get gout. What about animal urine? No, I've also well, I've cut that down to once a week on my cheat day. I will have a little raccoon pee, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, so, do you think you can get gout from slow carb? I think he, if this person really did get gout from a diet, it's probably because they're just eating too much of something. Right. I mean. I don't think that Luke is accurate in trying to compare his diet to how the New York Times food critic eats. I mean, he goes to these high-end restaurants, and I mean, they talk about how he orders the foie gras and mm-hmm. all the awful, well, that really doesn't sound that great to me. And I, I think Luke really sort of got attached to the idea that Frank Bruni talked about how much he would drink at those meals. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and Luke was doing some pretty heavy drinking and I think he sort of connected that and as you pointed out he thought that he shouldn't be eating fruit right vegetables and fruit are the enemies see that's why I never could do low carb any diet that tells you to limit your fruit and vegetable intake I think is seriously misguided Mm -hmm. Uh, you get so many nutrients from them you can't do that he also just assumed that Fruits and vegetables were the enemy. He didn't actually read anything to know that, like, corn and potatoes have a lot of sugar, natural sugars in them. So Mm -hmm. don't, you know, limit those. But, like, peas and beans and uh, carrots have a lot of sugar. You know, just, like, pick and choose. Right. Well, and we'll get to this in... Here's another preview of the juice diet clip where he gets confused about how you're supposed to consume the the fruits and vegetables, if they should be uh, just squeezed or whether you should include some of the the actual fruit itself and not just the juice. It's, be, it's because the fruit comes with fiber to regulate right. the sugar in it. So as long as you eat the whole apple instead of squeezing the juice, Mm -hmm. you're going to be fine. Right. Or add a bunch of other sugar. Yep. So, yeah, he's got these gaps that he never quite (laughs) um, figures out. But he's very worried about getting gout. (laughs) I did like that he talked about the pain in his big toe, and he was convinced that it was the start of gout. Yeah. He probably was Googling it, pain in toe, and that that was one of the things. Oh, yeah. Luke is one of those people who should not be allowed to access WebMD. Yeah. Yeah. It should be blocked. Yeah. Carrie needs to just block that. Yep. Um, I don't remember these gout medication commercials. No, do you? I don't either. I think we're not watching the right TV. I guess. I guess, yeah, he just watches those home and garden, which is definitely um, geared towards older people. The shows mm-hmm. he watches, the demographic is like Bobby and 80-year-olds. So <laughs> you're going to have... <laughs> Adult diapers, you're going to have catheters. Um, gout, catheters. Yeah, lots of different, those chairs that stand you up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how about the the lift that you put on your your railing that takes you up the stairs? Yes. That one. For sure. I want one of those. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I fell down the stairs a couple of weeks ago. Oh, no. <laughs> I have some very nice bruises on parts of my body that I cannot oh. show to people. You're also so tall. You have such a far way to fall. I know. It's such a pain. Oh. I was just thinking if I had one of those chairs, I could just ride it yes. down the stairs and then no I wouldn't worries. fall. I think you would get annoyed with how slow it is, though. Probably. Probably. <laughs> um, Sean is delightful. Yes. In this clip. But you can always count on him to take it to a weird place. Mm-hmm. When Luke says he's not um, drinking any human urine and Sean's like, how about animal urine? <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Yes. <laughs> All right. Should we go to the next one? Yes, please. <laughs> this is Luke goes on a juice diet. Part one, two. Mm-hmm. Three? Part one. This is the original, <laughs> original juice diet. Juice diet. I just can't believe it because it, it was 2013 mm-hmm. that the first one happened. But so let's uh, let's listen. 
I also, the other thing that I've, I'm doing this week, which it's really, this is actually probably the main topic of conversation for the whole show today. Um, which I is, love juice. I decided I'm going to do this, try to do a juice fast. I don't think fast is the right word, by the way. Um, I'm going to try to get all my nutrition and calories through juice, like vegetable and fruit juices for a few days and just see if I can kind of maybe put myself on the path to uh, to having a less portly 2013. And is that because you, you have a fondness for juice? No, I don't even like juice. <laughs> Despite this sound effect, I, love juice. I actually dislike juice. That's the funny part. <laughs> I am not a person who really likes juice. Are you being serious? I'm being very serious. (laughs) So how does this all start? I don't even know anything really about juice fasts. Like I've heard of people like kind of doing cleanses and stuff, but it sounds like that's not not what you're talking about. No, this is not that. I mean, this actually ties back into the suit thing too, because um, so I I, I decided I'm going to really try to lose some weight, and I watched this, I won't even call it a documentary, um, a movie that's kind of played as a documentary but it might just be a long commercial for a juicer called sick fat and nearly dead and it's just this guy's from australia and he is kind of an overweight guy that's uh, just the toilet refilling oh i thought maybe that was the juicer nothing to be worried about um the uh he's just this australian guy and he comes to america and he decides he wants to lose weight so he's just going to only drink these juices mm-hmm. which are made of vegetables and fruits and that's all he's going to drink for, I think he does it for 60 or 90 days, and he loses a crap load of weight doing it. So I watched that, and I was like, my eyes are wide open. Like, I don't think I'm going to do it for 60 days, and I don't think that's necessarily healthy or what you should do. But I thought, you know, it might not be the worst thing for me to just kind of like – here's what I like about the idea, the simplicity of it. When you're doing – when I'm doing a diet, if there's all this stuff I can and can't eat, if there's – like I have to remember to have certain things in the house – um, I'm always trying to find a way at the restaurant or at the taco time to have them modify something yeah. so it fits into the parameters of this thing. I thought, well, okay, it, in a way it's so sort of horrible. Like, hey, I'm just going to have like four or four to six cups of this juice every day, right? Like I'm my goal, my goal and my hope would be to just get to a place where I don't really – like food is not my big thing for the course of five days, not for my whole life, mm-hmm. for the course of five days. So it's just like this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to drink this juice and just see what happens, right? And then the the way they have it set up, you drink the juice for five days, then you eat for five days, but you eat like healthy food. Then you do the juice for five more days. And that's it. It's a 15-day it's a, it's a period. It's a 15-day little thing. It's not a cleanse in that I don't believe in cleanses. I don't think cleanses are a real thing. I don't believe in um, uh, you know drinking a hot tea and cayenne pepper and maple syrup. And I don't. I just don't believe in colon blow. I don't believe in any of those, which is actually a Saturday Night Live <laughs> bit. I don't believe in any. I'm not doing this for any woo woo reasons. And, and let me explain where I'm going with this part of the conversation. Uh, because I bought the juicer last night at Macy's. First, I went to Bed Bath and Beyond. They didn't have the right kind. They had one kind of like the one I wanted, but they didn't have the exact one. The basic difference being aesthetics. Okay. The one I bought looks more stainless steelish. <laughs> the other one was more plasticky. The other one was more plasticky looking. And you'll be damned if you're going to do this for 10 days with That's a right. plastic juicer. That's right. Well, I figured, you know, it's going to be a family heirloom. I'm going to hand it down. Yes. It's also not a juicer. I'm sorry. It's a uh, it's a juice. What is it? Juice pump? No, it's a juice fountain. Uh, well, it, 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 because there, I, I learned the, the, the one of the notions is that 
if you use a juice thing that basically squeezes the juice out, that's mm-hmm. better than something that just shreds it all. Because if it just shreds it, it, it supposedly it removes possibly some of the nutrition or whatever. Let me say this. So wait, this one. So it's better if it shreds. No, it's worse if it if shreds. It worse, I'm sure it's. Okay. I'm sure it's negligible if okay. there's any difference at all. Okay. Just telling you the school of thought. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But. I'm I'm kind of going in a lot of directions, partly because I haven't eaten all day. Yeah. So I'm feeling scattered. <laughs> I want to apologize for that. For, but I'm, but um, you look so, downright anemic. So last night I we bu- I bought the juicer. First I went to the Bed Bath Beyond. They didn't have. Well, I was looking at it, and this guy who's like the most buff human I've ever met, his like kid, twenty years old, and super ripped, walked up to me, and goes, "Thinking about getting a juicer?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Breville all the way." Just the some best. guy. Guy who's apparently the world's most like enthusiastic juice person walks up to me. He's thinking about getting a juicer. I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Get the Breville, no question." I love the fact that he probably just works undercover for Breville. That's working. He's just like wandering around the. Well, aisles. I was going to get that one anyway because it's reasonably priced and suppo- I actually read some reviews online, mm-hmm. but I said to him, "I was like, yeah, but I wanted to get the other one." And he goes, "Oh yeah, I got that one. It's at Macy's." I go, are they still open? He goes, yeah, they're open till nine. Hmm. So I get in the car and we go to Macy's and I get the, the other kind. But it was at that point too late in the night for me to go buy a absolute crate of vegetables because that's what you actually need. It takes – part of the whole point of this juicing deal, right, is that you need uh, – you can't eat that much or, or you'd be eating a tremendous amount of raw vegetables and fruits. Mm-hmm. So you juice it. You kind of – you eliminate the middleman there. I see. So this – because I was going to ask you, like, why don't you just eat all of the vegetables? Because if you eat that many vegetables, you can't get the right amount of nutrients without making your stomach blow a staple, basically. You have to have it condensed down. I don't think you have to, but I think that it's just, it's just considered more efficient. Hmm. Like, I was driving to work this morning, and I went to this juice place because I didn't have the fixings for the juice, but I was goddamned if I wasn't going to start the thing today. So what I had to do last night was go online and find a place that does juices mm-hmm. that was in between my house and the radio station mm-hmm. that opened before 7 in the morning. So I went to this place on Capitol Hill, and I go in there, and it's like this really nice kid. But he's just like – he is everything in the world that I'm not. He's like young, attractive, super in good shape, but totally like cash about everything, mm-hmm. just like – but really nice. Again, he wasn't like a flake. You think like a juice place, you're imagining like mm-hmm. a guy who's like really incompetent. Not at all. He was just like – he was ex- he was like a noble savage. He was like what Rousseau wrote about. <laughs> I mean – and so I come in and I'm in my suit, right? And I feel a little – this is on the subject of like me getting comfortable being in the suit. I, I go in in the suit. I order this juice. And I, okay, he makes it for me. The one I got in the morning was um, like apple juice, lemon Ginger and something else, kind of breakfasty, fruity. Tasted, and is it thick or is it? It's not as thick as I thought. The juices are not thick. It's the smoothies that are thick. Okay. I don't actually know the rule on smoothies yet. Okay. Because I haven't been able to download the PDF from the Australian <laughs> guy's website. It's been crashing. But I'm. I know I'm okay with juice. So that was a pretty good. I had it in the morning. It wasn't too bad. Um. And uh, that and that's it. That's your breakfast. That's what I had for breakfast. About a what sixteen ounce thing of juice? Uh, not a. Probably not even that big. Really? Okay. I don't know from ounces. But okay. Well, like a 12-ounce, you know, yeah. normal 12-ounce coffee, a little yeah, bit bigger than your normal 12-ounce coffee. About like a 12-ounce coffee. Okay. So I have wow, that in the morning. Small. But I don't really – I don't eat, eat breakfast a lot of times anyway. Okay. You know, I usually drink coffee for breakfast. Yeah. So I get to work fine. I start to feel a little bit lethargic around 10 or 11, but that's just normal too because yeah. I'm usually bored. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I'm driving home and I still don't have all the stuff to make the thing. So I'm like, i got to get my lunch juice. So I go to the same place because I know where it is. And this time I go in and I get the green, I get the green drink. It's called. It just like has kale, cucumber, 
um, some apples and uh, other things in it. Same kid working or something Same different? kid who I was oh. hoping wasn't going to be yeah, there. Yeah, I would be hoping to yeah, I walk be in for that. and he's like, oh, you're back. And I'm still in the suit, obviously. And I feel like Ben Stiller in Reality Bites. Like... Who I don't know if you if you remember that movie, yeah. but like, he's like the corporate one yeah. of the group. It's like everyone else is just like cool and they yeah. just like make juice and they just like whatever. Yeah. But then I'm this like weirdo in a suit who's been there twice in like <laughs> four hours. Um. So that's the kind of thing where had I not been wearing a suit, I would have felt less self conscious. I felt like I look like some corporate, some sort of corporate a hole who's like, I don't know. Just like, I'm on a juice thing. Whereas it turns out I'm just a radio a-hole who's on a juice thing. <laughs> well, I do wonder if after the new year, if they, if like places like that um, see an uptick in cu- I bet. new customers. I bet. And why would he go on a juice diet if he hates juice? I, I don't know. Thank Who you, Andrew, juice? for asking that question. Yes. I never would have thought to ask it. Who hates juice, though, really? I know. Juice is great. Yeah. I don't drink it because of the whole thing where you juice a fruit and you get rid of the fiber. I don't really like vegetable juice very much. Like I was never a big V8 drinker Mm -hmm. or anything. My parents always had, well, they had cans of V8, like big cans. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then V8, I guess, went to the plastic bottles and they have those in the cupboard and they just would drink them in the morning. And I was like, ugh. No, not you. even not even Bloody Marys, just like straight. Yeah, just Ugh. like this is what you drink in the morning. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't. Mm-mm. I can have vegetables in a juice if it's like hidden, like sneaky vegetables, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a carrot, apple, kale juice, or something. I don't know that I've even ever tried that. I don't, really don't drink a lot of juice. Um, I thought it was interesting that Andrew was asking, is it thick? And Luke was like, mm-hmm. no, those are smoothies. Yeah, those are smoothies. And the, what was it? I don't know anything about smoothies because I can't get the PDF to download. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is another prime example of what you were talking about yes. where he gets all excited, but he never does the research. Right. He was like, juice diet. I'm going to the store to buy a juicer tonight. I know. I took a very quick peek. I googled Breville juicer mm-hmm. just Expensive. to see what kind of you can get a cheap one for a hundred bucks, but they go up to like three hundred and fifty. Yeah. So, and he wanted the one that looked stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, let's just say he bought the cheap one. So he spent a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And he immediately had to go out and get that, but he didn't bother to go buy the vegetables and right. the fruit. Yeah. Again, he didn't read anything because it can't download. And Hilarious. And didn't, didn't buy the fruits and vegetables so you can succeed at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, when I think about it, I think that if I was going to do a juice diet, which I would not because I don't like drinking my calories. But if I was going to do a juice diet... I don't want to do that at home because he's right. It would be so expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. To have to and buy all of that of produce. Yep. I would rather go to the juice store, mm-hmm. the juice bar, and buy a $8 smoothie. Not, not smoothie, Ann. <laughs> we don't have the PDF. <laughs> the $8 juice three times a day. Mm-hmm. 
it's probably still cheaper than spending the hundred bucks on the juicer plus you could it's probably twenty five dollars worth of vegetables in a day, don't you think? Oh, at least. And and then also, let's remember, this thing is only going to last at least three days. And so then you have all the rotten fruit where he can just say, oh, I'm buying my juice for today. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow when it's over, he didn't waste any money. Mm-hmm. I like that he got into this because he watched a propaganda movie. <laughs> That he thinks maybe it's just a long con to sell a juicer. Right. And he's like, well, I'm going to, into this with my eyes wide open. I was like, <laughs> are you though? <laughs> I want to know why he thinks that it's a given that someone that works at a juice place would be incompetent. I know. The, the part of the story when he gets going into the juice bar is like chapter two of this whole story because mm-hmm. it brings up these his weird insecurities so i i think it was kind of clear semi-clear in the clip this was in conjunction with operation fancy pants when he was wearing a suit for the whole year remember that's so long ago now but he did go an entire year wearing a suit every day so this was right at the beginning of that and i think he was super Mm self-conscious about wearing the suit and that made it very weird for him to go into this juice place somehow. He spent most of that year being self-conscious about it. Yep. Why did he even do it? I mean, I know all the reasons he gave, but I don't know. He went through something for a whole year. Yep. That's amazing. And it boiled down to people in the 40s and 50s looked cooler because they wore (laughs) suits all the time. Yeah. You look cooler drinking your scotch when you have a suit. Yep. But it just seemed like it added that extra wrinkle, another way for him to get in inside his own head. Yeah. And I I thought that was pretty insulting to the juice guy. (laughs) I feel bad for him. Is it? I mean, normally I would say, well, it's his thing against um, customer service workers, but that's usually women. Yeah. Somehow that because this guy is... A super buff dude mm-hmm. and super friendly that he would somehow be an idiot who doesn't know how to make juice <laughs> there's there's just layers of assumption going on here that i can't even unpack the other really good question that andrew asked the first so the first good question that he asked was do you like <laughs> juice and the second one was why did why wouldn't you just eat the vegetables without no. juicing them? Yeah. And Luke can't really answer that. No. He just doesn't know. He just thinks it would be cool. I mean, I think it's really a, well, I was going to say it's a work thing, but no, he has to like prep all the produce before he juices it. I don't know. The idea that he was going to do all this work himself is kind of laughable. And then the second and third times he did the juice diet, I don't think he messed around with any of this. I think he just... No, he just went to places, right? Yeah. Didn't he go to that one place where it was like a program where he got like yes. 18 juices all at once? It was like yeah, $200. Did he go and pick it up or did they deliver it? Maybe he oh, picked I, it up. I want to say he picked it up because he had a whole bunch of juices in the fridge. Yeah. There's a, there's a place here called like Pressed. Do you guys have these? 
mm -mm. pressed juices. Mm -mm. One just opened up by me at work. And um, I was just looking at it because of this clip. Like, oh, let me look at it. They have a cleanse. Of course a they do. juice cleanse that's like three or four parts. Um, let's see. Three or four. Oh, but cleanse three is only for the experienced. So watch out. <laughs> of course. Watch out for that. Well, one of the sensible things that Luke said in this was that he was not interested in a juice cleanse. The thing with the water mm -hmm. and the cayenne pepper and the lemon juice. I've heard about that a lot. And that mm -hmm. just is clearly complete bullshit. Yeah. You don't need a cleanse. That's what your liver's for, guys. Yeah. You literally have an organ for that. <laughs> yep. You, you don't need to cleanse the toxins. Your body mm -hmm. is, is built to do that yes. for you. So, yay, Luke. I'm going to give him applause. Yeah. He, he At least he got that one figured out, even yes. if he was a little bit susceptible to some of the other sales pitches. And I, and I like that he said <laughs> that uh, wearing this suit, he, he felt like he looked like a corporate a-hole. But it turns out I'm just a radio a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> very, very insightful of him to know mm -hmm. that. <laughs> Well, should we go on to the last clip on this list? Yes. yes. I can't believe that this was over three years ago. This was three and a half years oh ago gosh. from January of 2016. This is when Luke went on VB6. Are you familiar with the New York Times writer Mark Bittman? Oh, yeah, the food writer. He That's retired right. recently, I believe. Am I wrong? Do you remember when he came on Ross and Burbank? Did you set that up? I don't remember Mark Bittman being on Ross and Burbank. He was because he had written this diet book called VB6, Vegan Before Six. No, this doesn't ring a bell to me at all. I wonder if Libby booked this. Anyway, so you're just a part-time vegan? Yeah. The, when, he, when he talked about it back low those many years ago, I thought that's actually not a terrible idea. And his basic thing was uh, he you know, in his 50s, went to the doctor. He was, you know, getting pretty overweight. His blood levels were pre-diabetic and other things. And the doctor said, really, what you need to do is you need to go vegan. And he was like, I can't do that. That's not possible for me. So the doctor was like, you're a smart guy. You'll figure something out. And so what he apparently figured out was this idea of you just you just don't eat a lot of meat. Really, you, you're not supposed to really eat any of it. You're just a vegan until 6 o'clock at night. And then at dinner, you just, you know, you have a normal dinner. You kind of mm. have what you want. And his point is that we're all eating way too much meat. And I will say this, you know, I've been on every every single, just about every single kind of cockamamie diet scheme that you can have or think of. And by the way, this is coming to you from the man who invented the turkey lunch meat pickle and coffee diet. <laughs> like there isn't a weirdo diet that I haven't tried at some point. And I always think of them as being maybe a magic bullet. And I also think of them sometimes the more extreme, the better, because I think this will help me. This will really help me shed some pounds. Of course, as I said yesterday, I think it was your term, but it was a it was a good one, Andrew. Yesterday was the the Monday of all Mondays. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was that was like the the ultimate day where you I could no longer hide behind the holidays or anything else. I had to just take a hard look at my life and say, okay, I gotta. Regardless of weight, I just need to. I want to be healthier, so I just feel better. And like, it didn't – and that didn't spark you. I mean that's what I was a little bit surprised about. Usually on days when people are kind of like, boom, 
today's the day that I'm going to get it all together. Usually that kind of puts people in a in, – and you too. I mean you've been here before. Um, this isn't your first uh, uh, self-esteem rodeo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> barely made sense. You know, usually people are kind of like, good, let's hit it. You know what I mean? You and I usually talk around noon or one. And, you know, by that part of the day, it's kind of like, I've got this brand new diet. I've got these goals. I'm going to kill them. Like, it isn't usually until Wednesday that the depression starts to hit. (laughs) I think it, I think, well, one, it didn't help that I weighed myself yesterday morning. And as I told you off air, I'm at a weight where I need to lose what for me is a fairly considerable amount of weight to get down to a weight that I thought I was probably at, if that makes any sense. Yes. yes like I, I, I was like, oh, I'm probably in a certain range. And then when I got on the scale, I realized it's a good – it's a month of work to get to the range that I thought I was just probably in. Yeah. Okay. So that was a little dispiriting right out of the gate. But anyway, I've had this this VB6 idea. I've thought, I've thought about it for a while because you know what I – and he writes about this in the book. I read like half of the book last night. Um, he, what he – what he writes about is that you know most diets that are effective are really hard to stay on because they 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 mean a really radical change in your life and they mean giving up something that you probably like like low carb is the thing that's the most effective in my experience at actually helping me lose weight but it's really hard to like never eat carbs again cuz carbs are delicious and also we kind of need them for certain things yeah. so his thing is just you just you basically lay off the bad stuff throughout the day. You just eat more fruits and vegetables. Like I had an apple today for a snack, which would have been verboten to me because I've always been on this low carb thing where I'm like, fruit is the enemy. So I have basically done a complete 180. I don't know if it will work or if it will stick, but what seems to me a little bit promising about this idea is that he, I met the guy. He is he's no he's no Sean T. Mm-hmm. He's no Tony Horton. He's not some fitness crazed guy. He's not some like he's just like a normal guy who looks like a pretty normal dude in his fifties, which by the way, I will take. Christy, I did not realize at the time that Mark Bittman had created VB six. I somehow missed that in this discussion before. Mm-hmm. And it really does color my thoughts because Mark Bittman is just some guy who writes about food. He's not a doctor. He shouldn't be writing diet books that people follow. Did he did he write a diet book or did he just say this is what's working for me? No, he created VB6. Wow. That's what Luke said. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, Luke could be wrong. But that was the impression that I got that Mark Bittman wrote this book. That's why they had him on Ross and Burbank back oh. in the day to talk about the book. Mm-hmm. And Luke got fascinated with it. So, I mean, how how could you write an entire book about what amounts to don't eat animal products before 6 p.m.? Well, I mean, look at Dr. What was it, Dr. Adkins. True. I mean, they they all can make they all can make them right. That's true. And I don't know about this VB6 thing. And I'm pretty sure that Luke hacked it when he was doing it as he sort of gamed the system on all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I can't evaluate the scientific merits of this other than it probably keeps your eating tone down during the day. But then Luke can go out and eat a steak and, you know, eat like Frank Bruni. Yeah, have some 
cocktails and some foie gras and <laughs> a well done steak and I don't know. I think I think you need more discipline and I think you also Luke needs stricter rules. He seems to really like things that are really limit you and mm-hmm. are really kind of hard and fast rules. Right. Otherwise, he just sneaks around them. Yeah. Also, this this feels like a gateway into his intermittent fasting, which he also didn't know how to do. Vegan, oh, vegan before six. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is easy to do. Mm-hmm. And then it also doesn't limit you because you could just eat all your meals after six. Right, so- right. It all hinges on the fact that you have to be reasonable mm-hmm. after six. Right. And when do you have to go back being vegan again? Is that at midnight or just when you wake up in the morning? No, 5.59. (laughs) So, oh, no. So, okay, 6 p.m., boom, you're on the meat. Yes, meat. Okay, then when do you have to be vegan? Midnight? I don't know. We need to read the book. I guess we do. (laughs) What if you stay up until 2 a.m. and you're partying at the bar and you want to have some pork rinds? If yeah, if it's after midnight, can you eat them or do we still count this as after six? Well, I can say um, with high probability that he probably was still eating McDonald's at two o'clock in the morning. Yes, leaving casinos. Yes, that is very wise of you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I had this coworker, and we found out that we both had TBTL in common um, when I first started. And he was always at least two weeks, usually a couple months behind. And he would just, and we didn't sit near each other at all, and he would just walk up to me and go, juice diet, and then just walk away. Like, it would always be whatever crazy (laughs) diet he'd be on. And then he'd mark the time. He'd go, he's doing VB6. How far am I? Like, oh, he's doing that. Oh, juice, juice, um, juice diet. What year is it? Like, we need to know the month and the year. But uh, I don't know. Well, do you think that he could do VB6 now that he's gone vegetarian? Yes, I think it's easier. He's choosing a lot of vegan options already, which is interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Because I've been a vegetarian since I was 10 years old and I wouldn't eat some of the stuff that he is. Just because I don't like the, oh, how do I put it, the like factory created meat mm-hmm. options, I just am not into that to each their own. I just don't like the flavor and the texture of it usually. Right. And stuff like tofu is a little weird sometimes. Yes. I also love cheese. That is a consideration. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was vegan maybe throughout my life, maybe for a year total. I couldn't do it. But Luke is at a place in his life where, you know, he seems pretty happy with this vegetarian stuff. So, and maybe now that, like you say, he's not going to the casino and getting hammered, he won't have those, like, late night craving things. He might actually be able to do something like VB6 and Mm -hmm. it might be healthy for him. Yeah. I like that better than intermittent fasting. Yeah. Is there science behind that? I don't know. I haven't read up on that. I think it's probably the same as anything else. I think it's really amounts to calorie deficit. But I don't know. I think a lot of those Hollywood 
stars do intermittent fasting. I know Dax has talked about that on his mm-hmm. podcast. My sister and brother-in-law have done it. They always are doing something. Like every, they'll like eat whatever they want for months and months. And they're like, okay, South Beach starts tomorrow. Then it was, I think they're doing keto right now. But it was like intermittent fasting starts tomorrow. And they'd always have like these things that they were doing. I get desperately hungry. I don't think I could do intermittent fasting. We have a couple doctors that listen. So if they want to weigh in and they have like science backing it to tell us about it, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I know my sister does no eating until 11 a.m. and then mm-hmm. stops at 8 and eats whatever she wants in there. That's kind of old school. I don't think that works either. Yeah, her... but. My brother-in-law does one to eight and also Mm. does low carb. I think the stuff about like those diets, I think there may be effects from, or they say, you know, don't eat three hours before bedtime, Mm. which that's a part of, right? I think if there are effects from those, they're very, very small. It's just that when the journalists write about that, they don't really understand enough about science to be able to communicate that very effectively. Yeah, or if you just are someone who eats or grazes all day from when you wake up to when you go to sleep, mm-hmm. and then you just only, and you make that time shorter, you're going to naturally eat less calories. Yep. But in the end, remember, we love ourselves yes. as we are. And, and Oreo cookies at 10 p.m. taste the best. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I'm going to duck into some of those the, the birthday cake Oreos tonight. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well then, we better get to housekeeping. (laughs) Uh, We have merchandise in the merchandise store. If you would like to represent, feel free to visit us there on our website. The Archive Project, I was going to say it continues, but it's kind of, let's just say it's in stasis right now. We'll get back to it. We'll get on it. We're we're taking a break. We're all taking a break and we'll get back to the Archive Project. Um, if you buy things on Amazon, and I, I feel like maybe one or two of you do occasionally, if you want to use our affiliate link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, and kick a few pennies from your purchase our way, it really helps us tremendously. And I will put a link to Secrets from the Eating Lab by Dr. Tracy Mann, if anybody wants to check it out. It's a really good book, and hopefully it will make you feel better about yourself and what you're doing with your life and your body. And finally, the picnic is coming. We are making plans. Christy, I'm really excited for you to reveal what your itinerary for me for the weekend is. (laughs) I'm so excited I don't get to do this much with work anymore. And so I'm so excited. (laughs) You've been working and planning and I love it. I think it's awesome. But Uh, If you are in the area or even close to the area, we would love for you to come and hang out with us, bring something to share, or if, you know, it's hard for you to bring something, like you can't transport it, don't worry about it too much. There's always tons of food, food, you know, people are generous. So the most important thing is that we want to see you, we want to reconnect with friends that we've met before, and we want to meet new friends if you've never come before. Please do come for the first time in history. All of your LRB hosts will be gathered in the same place at the same time. It's very exciting. This hasn't ever happened, I don't think, right? Nope. 
Never. Because when Never. we've traveled, there's always someone missing. Mm-hmm. And so oh it's gosh. great. We we really want to hang out with uh, all the Wagoneers and uh, make new friends. Make new friends and see the old ones, too. So mm-hmm. please join and us And then vote for who your favorite is. Just Yes. <laughs> there will be ballots distributed. <laughs> we will leave Mike's name off the ballot. <laughs> because he's a convicted felon. He cannot... When you're voting, just keep in mind that I do mail baked goods occasionally. True. True. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You, too, can get involved with the show. You can go to littleredbandwagon.com. You can go to throwyourphone.com, which is – and send happy stuff. Send us about uh, your diet stories or not, whatever. Um, you can go to Facebook. We're there, Little Red Bandwagon. You can also see the, our event there. So RSVP, tell us if you're coming. If you've never been to Richmond Beach, it's beautiful. It's on the Puget Sound. Come just for that. Say hi to us and then go to the beach. Yep. Um, our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast, which is basically Jeremy. So if you want to talk to him about that, go go there. Um, you can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com or... Send us a voice memo since we lost our lease on our phone number. (laughs) (laughs) And um, tell us your stories. We we love to hear stories. We love um, follow um, follow up on our story on our um, clip shows. Tell us clip shows that you would like to hear in the future. Oh yes, please. I'm always happy to take requests. Yeah. All right, Anne. Guess that does it for July. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I'll be seeing you next in person. I'm so oh, I'm excited. I'm so happy. <laughs> I like seeing Christy. Yeah. I love you guys being able to escape your hellscape um, summers usually <laughs> to, to come here. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Well, if you've been to our website, tbtl.net, you've, and, and if you've followed my progress the last uh, week, I've managed to make some strides in my uh, attempts to uh, get my weight under control. Although the filet mignon, five bottles of wine, and chocolate cake are not... Don't forget the mac and, and cheese. Mac and oh, I'm cheese. sorry. The cheesemongers. <laughs> Starch. Mac and cheese. Um, that was low fat, all of that, right? Sure. Totally. No trans fats at all, dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, good. Um, well, it's 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 not been a great night for me, but I, I take some solace in the fact that I have a kind of a secret diet strategy that I think a lot of people don't have, although I put it up on our website because I want to try to share it with you. <laughs> now, the guy who um, the guy who kind of turned me on to this whole idea is a doctor, Dr. Gail Timlin, and uh, he he's one of his... The way I know he's a doctor is because he has he lost a lot of weight with this system, and the way I know that he lost a lot of weight is because um, he's holding up a giant pair of pants in an old photo, right. and now he doesn't you know look like he weighs as much. 
Right. So four of him could fit in those pants. Right. The pants That's are just you know. huge. Yeah. And 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 I'm going to play a presentation to you that he gave to me personally. I'm going to play it for you guys, the listeners. Um, uh, but what he does throughout the presentation is he often holds up his pants just to kind of bring the point home. So anyway, uh, without further ado, I you know you're welcome. Here's 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 my diet secret. These are my pants from six months ago. Don't believe it? Well, here's a picture to prove it. I know, right? But I've lost hundreds of pounds and gained hundreds of confidence, and I want you to do the same, even if you don't need to. Hi, my name is Dr. Gail Timlin, president of Diet Supplement Industries Incorporated, and people say to me all the time, but Gail, you're not a real doctor. And I say to them, oh yeah? Well, I graduated with a PhD in religious studies at Kent State University. Is that real enough for you? No? Well, how's this for real? He's holding up his pants. And how did I lose it, you ask? I lost hundreds of pounds by taking the best dietary product on the market, dietiloxapan. But can something so good be legal, you ask? Hey, you ask a lot of questions. Of course it's legal. And I should know, I'm not only a doctor and president of Diet Supplemental Industries Incorporated, I'm also the junior state representative of Rhode Island. So I can guarantee that this drug, although manufactured in Zihuatanejo, Mexico, is going to remain FDA approved. And why wouldn't it be? Look how many pounds I lost! Holding up his pants. But don't just believe my pants. Take a look at professional hot dog eating champion Kobayashi. Do you really think he could eat 52 hot dogs in 12 minutes without diet tiloxapan? If you did, you'd be an idiot. His stomach would explode. But with diet tiloxapan, your stomach expands like a balloon, giving you the confidence to achieve your goals. Still not convinced? Man, you're hard to please. Here's how diet tiloxapan works. First, the pill is broken into a fine powder which can be spread into a neat collar. Which look like then, cocaine quickly, lines. the powder enters the central nervous system, Through the nose. eventually hitting the stomach where it begins working on your metabolism. Soon, food cravings are transformed into overconfidence. I lost 150 pounds. It was great. I, I gained 150% more confidence. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, do your helicopter. No? Trust me, diet tiloxapam works. I should know. I'm not only a doctor, a state representative, president of Diet Supplement Industries Incorporated, but I'm also a surrogate father of three. Fathers never lie. And neither do these. His pants, <laughs> he's speaking of. So there you go. That's funny. The secret I to, to my success. I have the name of that city in Mexico. <laughs> I think it's in. I think it's somewhere in, in Asia. <laughs> Guatemala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds. It sounded like Mandarin to me. So anyway, if you wonder how I keep my girlish figure with all the cake and such <laughs> I eat, it's diet